Welcome to Transform with Dr. Maggie Yu, the show about how to become a pilot and not a passenger in your health and in your life. Hey, everybody. Today's topic is food freedom. What the heck is food freedom? And what does that look like for someone going through our program? And where are they now six months later? Today, we're actually exploring this. And then we have, I'm Dr. Maggie Yu. I'm an integrative physician. And we focus our program on transforming autoimmune disease naturally for the clients that we work with online. And here with us today, we have Frankie Naiwat. She's a functional nutritionist that is in our program that works with our clients. And here's Nisa. And welcome, Nisa. Nisa is a client that graduated six months ago. So this is great because Nisa's going to be answering all our questions about what food freedom looks like. I'm going to let Nisa go ahead and introduce herself right now so you can get to know a little bit what life was like before Nisa worked with us. This was in April, I think. We had our first conversation. Hi, uh, my name is Nisa. Before I started the program, I thought I had all these allergy issues. I had been back and forth to an allergist and had recently fired the allergist and started the autoimmune protocol, which was great, but not sustainable. So I was always hungry. And every time I tried to reintroduce foods, it was unsuccessful. So by the time I showed up to the program, I was hungry and at my wits end, just looking for answers. Yep. And then, so fast forward, you went through our program and we're in our online program, our launch pad programs, eight weeks. So before we go into what that process was like working with us and what you discovered, I want to ask all of you that are watching right now, please listen to demographics where you're watching from so we know who we're talking to. It's great. Uh, just give us where you're watching from. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that'd be great. If you're an alumni and you're watching this right now, please post in the comment section that you're alumni so people can post questions to you and you could help answer some of these questions. That would be awesome. And if you guys feel like there's anybody that you could learn from what food freedom is like in autoimmune disease, go ahead and share right Right now this video under the comments just put their name right now that'd be great so Nisa and Frankie I'm gonna let you guys take it from here of what the process was like for you in those eight weeks and what you discovered hey guys so I'm curious Nisa looking back on it now your experience in the program what do you feel like was the most important change that you made around food during your eight weeks in the program well, I had taken allergy tests before and basically almost nothing came up. So according to the allergy test, I wasn't allergic to any food, yet mm-hmm. everything I ate, I was allergic to. So going through the program and doing some of the testing actually identified some intolerances that I had. So by doing that, I knew that there were certain groups of food that I could actually eat and I wasn't afraid to try those again. So that helped tremendously because my diet was so limited. Yeah, and the, and the food mapping piece is just one part of it, right? I'm curious, what were your results on the food mapping test? <sighs> what, were the, what were the hidden foods there for you uh, that you had no idea about? All of the good stuff, right? Um, wheat, sugar, yeast, anything that you needed to make bread, I can't eat, but that's okay because I found ways around it and other things that I could eat. Sesame ended up being an issue as well, which I would have never thought. I lived off hummus. So I would have all these reactions, had no, no reason why, and can't have sesame. So food mapping ended up being like a, a life changer because by focusing on those few foods that I couldn't eat actually opened up my diet for so many other things that I could eat. 
Right. Compared to the many, many food groups that you were avoiding when you came into the program. Correct. Like sesame, such an innocent little seed that was causing so many problems. Yes. And then my next question for you, Nisa, is to remember back about what conversation that we had during a coaching call about fruit and fruit's role in your food freedom and what you found out by about the fruit that you were eating in the diet. Yes. So um, (laughs) trying to gain weight, I was eating quite a bit of fruit, not realizing that it was impacting my blood sugar. And so impacting my blood sugar was actually what was causing my hives, my eczema, my rashes, which I would have never, ever linked the two. So I knew I wasn't allergic to the fruit, but would have never realized that it was fruit sugar that was the problem, not the fruit itself. So I can still have it in small quantities. I just can't binge like I was doing before. There was a lot in the diet Yes, when we started. So this is fascinating to me is, is that people think that with, if you have autoimmune disease, that it's all about eliminating more and more foods and it's some sort of hyperallergic reaction or intolerance. But the truth of the matter is what you discovered, and we talked about this on our first call, was I said, I think this is, you have a big blood sugar problem and it's triggering this. And what did you think and what did you say? I thought you were crazy because there's <laughs> no way that blood sugar was causing me to have hives and eczema. <laughs> And rash, because that just wasn't logical and made no sense. And if that was really true, how come my doctors didn't find that out before? Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, that was it. Right. And the way that we unpack blood sugar in the program really is such an experiential process, right? I think that it's many people come into the program saying, what is this blood sugar? I'm not like eating cookies and cakes all the time. I don't have an issue with blood sugar. I don't have diabetes, right? But the way that we unpack it and we realize that it's a pattern, it's a routine, it's how you're eating even before exercise, those types of things that we really started to look at throughout your time in the program were huge for blood sugar regulation. Yes, <laughs> definitely. What does food freedom look like for you now, Nisa? Oh my goodness. So now I know what I can't eat. And so instead of having just limitations, I try new things. So things I would never eaten before. I don't think I ate Brussels sprouts <laughs> before this year. So, because um, I thought they were evil cabbages. Now I found out I love Brussels sprouts. So there's things I wouldn't eat before because I didn't have to. I was kind of confined. I could do a lot with the things that I did eat. Mm-hmm. But I was, the actual variety of, of food was very limited. And so now I'm, I'm more creative with what I do. I'm trying to find food within limitations. So I've come up with some awesome recipes. Very excited about that. My kids are excited because we don't eat the same things all the time. So and you're an amazing cook. I mean, this is the thing. Like you are someone who loved food even coming into the program. And like, I feel like even for someone who loves food as much as you do, and then to have to be like navigating it and, and having all these lists of things that you couldn't have. I mean, to see you flourish in that way and be able to really fall in love with food in this whole new way has been just such a beautiful process to watch. Nisa is like the queen of sharing the most amazing <laughs> pictures and recipes. <laughs> I call that, I call that food porn. <laughs> Nisa and I have a love for food porn. <laughs> That's so awesome. Nisa, I love your food porn. I mean, the, I mean, everybody wants to come to Arizona to eat at your place. <laughs> Everyone's welcome to come. Just give me a heads up. 
But you're, I feel like your curiosity and your willingness, Nisa, to take the data and then turn it into an adventure for yourself, right? Like as far as like, what can, if I can't do these few things, what can I do and how can I make them really delicious? And, and not just for you, but for your family as well. You know, I mean, this has been, this is huge for you guys. Yeah. Before the program, I was actually depressed around food because people would invite me out and I'm like, yeah, I can't go out. I have restrictions. I can eat anything. So, or so I thought. So now understanding what the restrictions are, I actually can go out to certain restaurants and uh, work within those restrictions. It's been amazing because I'm not chained to the house anymore. And before I really felt like I was. Mm -hmm. That's such a big part of it. And then I think too, you know, an interesting part of your story, Nisa, is really you're, you're an athlete. Right. And I think that that's a really important part of your story is like, how do you deal with food intolerance, blood sugar regulation and maintain a pretty high performance lifestyle as an athlete? That's a continuing challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I've made uh, inroads in it Uh, before. It was it was horrible. I had a problem keeping my weight up, which is not an issue anymore. I can keep it up. I've actually gained a few pounds in the last few weeks. Super excited. It was Mm -hmm. a big deal for me. I think before I started the program, I had dropped, I want to say 30 pounds. Yeah. And it was quickly, probably wasn't healthy, but that's, that was part of being on the autoimmune protocol, which is you can't eat anything. So now that I can eat and I have a, a healthy diet, I'm excited that I'm able to maintain my weight and also able to maintain my performance. Because before I started, I was having several issues with hypoglycemia. So mm-hmm. that has resolved, and I'm super, super excited about that. Wonderful. And other than the, the food piece and, and the blood sugar piece, what have been your outcomes? Give us three of your top outcomes as far as coming through the program, and where are you now? One of the biggest ones was eczema. I had My eczema was so horrible that I couldn't wear shorts, couldn't wear dresses because my legs it was embarrassing and I didn't want people to point and stare like what happened to her? So I still have scars, but my eczema over my entire body has cleared. That was amazing for me because I thought I was going to have to live my life like that forever. I was really adverse to taking steroid creams and things like that. So for it to resolve on its own was huge. Another thing was poor concentration. (laughs) Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. I could not keep up with anything. And for my profession, that was a big deal because I don't have the luxury of not being able to focus. So being able to get my focus back, wow, that's great. I also wasn't sleeping well. Can I ask you, what, what's the, what turned around the, the, the focus and concentration for you? What do you think that was? I think that may have been the infection piece and the blood sugar piece as well. Mm-hmm. So with the candida protocol, I think that may have helped resolve the concentration issue. You're like, I got so bad. Back. <laughs> right? It was so bad. I literally had an appointment scheduled because I thought I would have early signs of dementia. No more. Just had to get so, that blood sugar regulated. <laughs> correct. So now that's resolved. Well, you know, this is, this is interesting, Lisa, because one of the questions we get from people is, can everything, every one of my problems with autoimmune disease be resolved in eight weeks? And the answer is, 
Even no. if I was like, even if it's not resolved, you at least have a pathway to get mm-hmm. it resolved. That was, that was my big thing. So was all my stuff resolved in eight weeks? It wasn't. But I was put on the path to getting it resolved. A lot of what I learned or what my process was, was process of elimination. So we eliminated a lot of things for me to arrive at, wow, this might actually be blood sugar. So it didn't start for me thinking it was blood sugar, because like I said, I thought you were crazy. So once um, we eliminated other things, it all kept pointing back to blood sugar. And so I'm like, it can't be that, it can't be that. And with keeping a food journal and things like that, it's like, wait a minute, when it's, when it's nothing else, it only could be this. And then, so I start running experiments on myself, you know, raising my blood sugar and seeing how I felt and things like that. And it ended up being blood sugar. Mm-hmm. The sooner you recognize that I'm always right, the better things will be for you. <laughs> the easier it is for everyone. <laughs> I didn't take the whole eight weeks for me to come around, but. It was a majority of eight weeks. So what I'm hearing, though, Nisa, is that the last six months, you're continuing to get better and better and better because of the tools that you learned in those eight weeks. Am I right? Correct. Um, Also understanding that I could kind of drive my medical care, which I had no idea. So by driving my medical care, I've been able to talk to my naturopath about certain tests I wanted to run and all, all those types of things. And by doing that, when she thought it was something... And I'm thinking it's something else. We found out we were both wrong. However, we did find out what it was. So, and that was through my efforts and not being okay with someone saying it is this and going from there. I think what's missing in autoimmune disease and chronic disease in general, but in autoimmune disease is actually patient self-advocacy. That is not a skill that doctors know themselves and they can't teach Mm -hmm. it to patients. And no one out there is working to educate and empower patients and clients with skills to advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is, is that that's changed the nature of your relationship with the doctors that you do choose to work with now. And as a result, your outcomes are totally different. Correct. Because I'd still be in the dark. I would still be in the dark. Mm -hmm. How important was community for you going through our program and even after in our alumni group? How important? Because people don't think that's a huge, huge linchpin or a huge piece that people need. So what is your honest experience of being in a community like this during the program and after? That part was amazing. I had spent so much time being alone or feeling like I was alone because no one could understand what I was going through. I kept saying, you know, they didn't understand that, you know, I'm hungry all the time and You had people who were throwing shade because they're like, you weigh 115 pounds. Like, I don't want to hear about you, you know, being hungry. I I wish I could eat all the time. Not, they didn't understand how painful and lonely the process was. Not being able to go out, I'd I'd be invited. I couldn't go anywhere. I'm like, I can't eat out. There's nothing for me to eat. Or I'd go and I'd watch my friends eat and I would have like tea. And it, it really was horrible. So going, even though everyone did not, have the same issues I had. We were all coming from the same place, coming from a place where people didn't understand. We try to explain pain and and all these things and they're just kind of like, suck it up. So to have people understand what I was going through and also hold me accountable. So if I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, there's other people there who kind of supported, gave so much great support and still have contact with a lot of those people today. And if I post something, they understand what I'm going through. If they post something, I understand what they're going through. So I think we continue even after 
the primary part of the program, we still support each other. I love that. That's so, that's so great. So Nisa, you're, you're a busy professional. And I know that even on our first phone call that we were talking about was that this was a, this is not an insignificant investment of time, energy, and financial resources for you to have done this program. Correct. And it was a big decision for you. And so my question for you was, what have your thoughts been as you were going through the program now after on what is the return on your investment? Was this worth it? Oh my gosh, it was, it was so worth it. I spoke to uh, relatives before I wanted to commit to it. So I didn't know what the financial commitment was going to be, but I did want to talk to them and let them know that I was considering a program. I didn't know what it was going to entail. They supported me through it. And now I'm able to share a lot of information that I got from them. It was a time commitment, but it was worth every second. I do it all over again. There's, I could not be where I am today if I did not make that commitment to the program. I would still be walking around in the dark trying to figure out why my allergy medication wasn't working for my hives. This so, was your sugar, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, I mean, and I had been, I had had bouts and I was in the hospital. The cost of, of that alone, mm-hmm. it made this program worth it. So I know if I have some issues, what it probably is from. I haven't had those issues, thank goodness, since the program. But before I was paying money going in and out of the hospital and no one could tell me what was wrong. All they'd say is, I I read this and it must have resolved itself. And I'm like, I thought I was dying and you're just telling me go home. So, and then here's your bill. So to me, it was definitely worth it as far as time and financial commitment. Well, what it is, Nisa, what you're highlighting is that you pay anyway. Yes. You're paying anyway. The question is, are you actually going to pay to get answers and outcomes or are you going to continue to pay to still be in the dark? Correct. Which is what you were doing anyway. Yes. Doing nothing to change what you were doing is not a neutral. You were already paying to stay the same or get worse. Correct. That's the most expensive thing you can do is paying to stay sick. Yeah. And so much time with all the specialists and being in and out of the hospital. And I mean, that is just exhausting. Yes. And still not having answers at the end of it. Correct. Well, what I want to do is for those of you that are watching right now and you want to learn more about our program, go to drmaggieu.com forward slash autoimmune. We'll have that link posted below just so you can watch a free training about what the pillars of our program is. And of which two of the pillars that Nisa and us just talked about was food mapping as well as blood sugar was huge for you. And this is for her career. This is that. And you can see the outcomes Nisa had pointed out was that number one is that the eczema has cleared up. Number two is that you said that you poor, poor concentration, which you needed for life and being an athlete and for your career has resolved. Mm-hmm. And then number three, insomnia has resolved for you, Huge. Yes. Yay. So, yay. Thank you so much. I wanted to thank you for being on. This is not an easy interview for Nisa to do. She's a very private person. So please thank her for sharing her story with us to show you guys what food freedom looks like even six months later after she's done with our program. I love this whole where are they now concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so people know that this is not only sustainable, but you actually continue to make ginormous gains after the program. Thank you so much, Nisa. It's been so great to get to reconnect. Thank you. It's good seeing you both. Thanks for your support in raising awareness and sharing this. To learn more about our program, visit drmaggyu.com forward slash talk.